Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Sometimes I'm known for getting a little heady in the messages that I bring, and I don't mind it, and I don't think anybody else does either. It's a good thing. But you know, not every book of the Bible is written in the same way. There are some really epic stories in the Bible. The Old Testament is filled with them, and the first four books of the New Testament are also filled with epic stories. But then there's also Paul's letters to the church. And sometimes a message is more like a letter than it is like a story. And that's the way this message is tonight. And it kind of came to me this way. And it's been something that God has been working out in my life. Pastor Becky asked me to preach in the relationship series, which we're in right now, and asked me if I had a word. And I felt like I did. But then God showed me something new this week, just in my own life. There's, um, in addition to uh, the work that I do uh, outside of the church, I also have a role in the church leading the film and marketing teams as uh, like a chief marketing officer. But I'm not here full time, I'm only here part of the time. And uh, this past Tuesday, our team were going out to a shooting range. And we'd found out about this months ago and I was super excited about going because it was a long time since I'd handled a weapon. And I was like, ah, oh, I think that'll be really fun. Learn gun safety, spend a day with the team. I think it's gonna be great. Then last Monday came along and I'm getting all of the information about where to go, what time to be there and all of that. And I felt this tightness in my chest. And I started to feel some anxiety about the following day. And I know that whenever God stirs up an emotion in me that's not appropriate for the situation, that there's more to what I'm feeling than the situation at hand. And what I've learned is that in those times of intense emotion, if I'm willing to ask the Holy Spirit in, He'll show me things that I couldn't see that'll help me heal things sometimes from a long time ago. So I invited the Holy Spirit into that moment and asked him to show me the roots of what was going on. And what I saw is that the last time I held a gun, I was holding on to a gun for a friend of mine who was, uh, had invited somebody that had some mental health issues to live with him for a little bit, and he thought it would be wise to not have a weapon in the house. So he said, hey, while this guy's staying with me, can you hold on to this gun? And I said, sure. So I put it in my sock drawer, and it was there for six months. Eventually, the guy that he was helping moved on, and he came over to my house. We hung out, and he said, hey, could I get my gun back? And I said, sure. That was a Saturday night, and on Monday night, he accidentally shot and killed his best friend with that same gun. And we were, I'd gotten sober from drugs and alcohol for good when I was 19, and we were part of a large recovery community of young people. 
And I was kind of like a young old timer in that community. I was looked at somebody, looked at as somebody that was stable, that had their life together. And in times of tragedy, I was somebody that was relied on to keep it together. The guy that had died was a close friend of mine. The guy that killed him was also a close friend of mine. And I was called up to hold things together in that situation. And in holding things together, I didn't get to properly grieve. So now it's like 20 some odd years later, and I have this tightness in my chest about going to the gun range with some friends. And I realized that there was more there, so I called up my friend, Tom Foster, and I asked him if, uh, if he would pray with me about it. And he said, sure, men's prayers tomorrow, why don't we meet up at men's prayer? We can go peel off during corporate prayer and go pray somewhere. And I said, great. So I met up with him and we went and prayed together and the Holy Spirit started to reveal some things to me, not just about that situation, but about other situations where I had been called to hold it all together when I really should have been allowed to grieve. And because of that, there had been some heaviness that had attached itself to my spirit. Now, I bet most of you have probably seen like a heartbeat monitor. And you'll see a heartbeat monitor, there'll be a baseline, and then it goes up and goes down and returns to baseline. And if you had something that was like a heart that was operating normally that was going up, down, return to baseline, up, down, return to baseline, and you only took a snapshot of the beat without realizing where the baseline should be, it would look perfectly normal. But while we were praying this off and there were a lot of tears, but also a joy knowing that God was moving in real time in my life, I saw this picture of a baseline that had been burdened. And it was like a hand with a chain attached to it that had pulled it down. That even though that little beat looked normal, if you zoomed out from it, you'd see the baseline was actually a lot lower than it should be, which means the highs weren't getting as high as they should be and the lows were getting lower than they should be. And this all ties in to something that we're going through as a leadership team at Balboa that Pastor John and Becky, who I'm so grateful for, I said to each of the leaders at Balboa campus that we wanna go through an exercise with you. That Jesus in Revelation has some correction for the churches. And there's a church that he says, oh, I love all of the things you're doing but I have this one thing against you. And so Pastor John and Becky had talked to me a couple of weeks ago, and they said that the one thing that they had that I should really look at this year was sometimes I get drawn into conversations that are, un that are too heavy for the situation that we're in. Like, I'll go deep. It doesn't take too much for me to go into a deep conversation but when you're in like social hour, having a deep conversation is not an appropriate thing to do. And I felt like unable to escape these conversations and I didn't know why until I saw this picture from the Holy Spirit while we're praying about something that didn't seem like it had anything to do with that. And I thought, wow, what a beautiful gift God gives at exactly the right time. And I'm preparing for this message, and I just felt like I'd share that with you, and we'll go a little bit more into it in a second. But my message tonight is called Reveal 
the roots. Because in any different, in any given situation, if you're experiencing an emotion that is inappropriate for the situation at hand, if you experience a deeper level of offense than is called for when you're offended, there's probably a root behind that. And tonight I want to show you how to take those thoughts captive and to really get free from them. It's going to take a little courage, but I also promise there's going to be some laughter in there too. You with me? Okay. I am really grateful for our pastors, Pastor Jurgen and Leanne, who have been like a spiritual father and mother to me. I didn't have a great example as a father of a father growing up, but Pastor Jurgen has more than fulfilled that role in being an amazing, amazing father. And Pastor John and Becky as well are amazing spiritual parents. And sometimes, like all good parents do, there's love and correction. But the correction comes out of love. And I'm grateful that we're in a house that values correction as much as it values praise. Because sometimes I don't need to be praised. I need to be shown a blind spot. So while I was praying with Pastor Tom, who has also been, in a way, like a big brother or a dad to me, like if I have something really heavy going on in my life, I feel safe bringing it to Pastor Tom. And it's been that way for a while. I'll get into more of that in a second. But while we were praying on Tuesday of last week, and I saw that baseline, I remembered the scripture in Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30. This is from the Passion Version, and I feel like it packs a little bit more of a punch. Most of you are familiar with, like, the New King James. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light, right? So in the Passion Version, it says, Are you weary, carrying a heavy burden? Then come to me. I will refresh your life, for I am your oasis. Simply join your life with me. Learn my ways, and you'll discover that I'm gentle, humble, and easy to please. You'll find refreshment and rest in me. For all that I require of you will be pleasant and easy to hear. I realized when I was carrying an easy burden, and I thought that I needed to do it to please God and to please other people, that that's not how God operates. And if there's something that you're carrying that feels like it's too heavy to carry and you know that it's weighing you down, that isn't from God. That's something that you actually need to bring to God, lay down at the altar, and then pick up his burden. Sometimes I know that it can seem like it's impossible to put down, and we'll get to that in a second. I'll show you how to bring that to the Holy Spirit so you can pick up that easy burden, that light yoke, and live like a lot freer life. When, uh, when Darren was giving his tithe message, I looked down at my shoes, and my shoes are kind of silly. And I actually really enjoy wearing like silly sneakers, because I need to lighten up sometimes. <laughs> and it's good for me to like lighten up. And so when I was getting dressed tonight, I was like, I want to dress like I'm in, in high school. And it's like, not like I had to go far. I mean, like I've got a lot of, <laughs> a lot of young stuff in, in my closet. But I was like, I, you know, this is kind of a heavier message, but I want to bring it in a light way. And sometimes 
if you're dressing heavy, you'll feel heavier. So anyway, <laughs> there's a passage in 2 Corinthians. This was the first verse that I memorized. In the New King James Version, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 6, it says, though we walk in the flesh, we don't war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. That can seem like a lot of words. I read it in the Passion Translation, and it says, for although we live in the natural realm, we don't wage a military campaign employing human weapons using manipulation to achieve our aims. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle the defense behind which people hide. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of true knowledge of God. We capture, like a prisoner of war, every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. Since we are armed with such dynamic weaponry, we stand ready to punish any trace of rebellion as soon as you choose complete obedience." So how many of you know that if you're a Christian, that God lives inside of you? That means that you have the power of heaven to actually take thoughts captive. When I started preparing for this message, I realized that the capacity that we have to be resentful is actually a gift from God. That if we didn't, if God didn't want us to have that capacity, he would not have given it to us. I am not saying being resentful is a gift from God. Resentment can be the bait of Satan. John Brevere has a brilliant book about the bait of Satan. But let me tell you that the capacity to be resentful can be a gift from God if you're willing, willing to let him take you down to the root of the resentment that you're experiencing. The word resentment is re-sentiment. It means to experience the same feeling again. And I can tell you through the course of my life that I experienced a lot of feelings that were attached to trauma, betrayal, and disappointment from my childhood, where people in my life that had nothing to do with that situation then were standing tribute to these harms that I experienced as a child. I thought I was completely unable to stop myself from getting ragefully angry when somebody used me or spoke down to me, disrespected me to my face. I would lose it on them. I didn't know what was wrong until I let God go in there with me. You know, when a pot gets stirred up, sometimes it needs to get stirred up so the thing on the bottom doesn't burn and spoil the entire pot. So I wanna tell you that you should not be afraid when a pot gets stirred up. If you're feeling something getting stirred up right now, don't run from it. I know that my tendency was to run from those uncomfortable feelings. Don't run from uncomfortable thoughts, run to them and take them captive. The enemy will try to bait you with resentment. 
When somebody comes up with an offense, especially if you have an unhealed wound that looks like that offense from the past and your mind is trying to close the loop on the offense that you experienced before, sometimes taking that bait will take you on a very destructive ride. But if you go to that thing, grab it, and say, Holy Spirit, show me its roots. Show me where this is coming from. Show me where this started. Show me the first time that I experienced this emotion. If you're willing to let him take you there, he will take you there. And you can find healing from God. You know, in that scripture, it says, take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Every lofty thought that wages against the truth of God. That, you know, in, in, in the Garden of Eden, the enemy's goal was to get Adam and Eve to believe that God wasn't good. He does the same thing now. And if I say to God, when somebody hurts me, if they've really, really hurt me, I'm unwilling to let God have it. What I'm saying is I don't trust you with this because I don't believe that you're completely good. It goes all the way back to Eden. In the Bible, Jesus said that there were two unforgivable sins. The first sin that he calls out is blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. And for those of you who don't know what that is, it's saying that something that God did, it's attributing the work of God to the devil. So in Jesus's time, people said that he was doing miracles by the power of the devil. The blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is a faith issue. If you see God moving and think that it's, it's something else that's moving, it's denying God's power and it's a lack of faith. And it's by faith that you're saved. So if you don't have faith, you can't get saved. And so blasphemy of the Holy Spirit becomes an unforgivable sin. The other thing that God says that God, the other thing that Jesus says that God the Father can't forgive is unforgiveness. He says it a few times, that if you don't forgive others, neither will your heavenly father forgive you. And I believe the reason that is, is that I can't receive what I'm not willing to extend. If I believe that somebody is worse than me, if I'm like looking at them down from my castle and I'm way up here and they're down in the gutter and I'm unwilling to forgive them because I think that they need to raise themselves up in order to be perfect, I'm denying that I'm human and that I actually need forgiveness. And if I don't believe I need forgiveness, I'm unwilling to extend forgiveness to them and I block off what God has purposed for me. Does that make sense? So I wanna take you through a really practical example from my own life. Just when you have a, an emotion that comes up that seems like it's an inappropriate emotion to be having at the moment, or you find yourself falling into offense over the same thing over and over again, that you're wondering like, why does this same thing keep happening to me? And why is my reaction always this way? Why am I unable to stop doing this thing that's destroying relationships? I wanna show you how to take those thoughts captive. And it starts with when they start to bubble up, instead of going along with them, 
grab onto them. Don't try to pretend that they're not there. Don't try to distract yourself with something else. Let yourself experience the moment, but invite God into it. And say to the thought, I'm not going to let you be my God. I'm not going to listen to you. I'm not going to turn my life over to you. I'm not going to bow down to you. I'm going to take you captive. Then say, Holy Spirit, I want you to show me where this started. And you can say to the thought, punk, show me your roots. And if you're really willing to go there, I found that this works best when you're in community with people that are doing the same thing. Because sometimes it's really hard to go back into those core wounds from the past, especially if you were like me and you experienced some really huge disappointments and some really big hurts as a kid. But let me tell you that either you will take those thoughts captive or they will hold you in captivity. There's not a door number three. There's not a third option from that. Because the choice is either I take those thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ, I let them take me captive, or I try to pretend like I'm not captive and try to numb myself out through any number of addictions. Believe me, I have tried it all. None of it works. And real freedom is possible. So I want to show you something that we do in the recovery workshop, and I'm going to show you a resentment inventory, the way that we take thoughts captive in recovery. And this is very practical. You don't have to have a drug problem, a porn addiction, or anything else to do this. We're all human, and we all need Jesus. Amen? Okay. So I'm going to show you the resentment inventory that I had against my father. This is not something to dishonor him. I have forgiven him. I know that he was not well, and that sick people do sick things, that hurt people hurt people. There is never a time that a healthy person will hurt another person. It does not happen, it is not possible. Only hurt people hurt people. So I'm gonna take you through this example and then we're gonna pray. But I, we look at this and like David said, search me thoroughly, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any wicked or hurtful way in me and lead me in the everlasting way. So I was resentful at my father. He abandoned me. He didn't fight for his right to see me. He gave away my most treasured toy to a kid that he didn't even know. He cared more about justifying his resentment towards my mom than he cared about me. The bottom line is that I believed that he didn't love me, care about me, or value me. You know, this is a core resentment. This is a core hurt for me. So looking at where this first showed up in my life, this is it. This is like my first memories. What was taken from me in this? You know, sometimes we think that the person that hurt us has to give things back to us in order for us to be made whole. If a person is broken, they are not going to be able to give back to you the things that were stolen. And even if they've been healed, their ability to go back and change the past doesn't exist. But God can heal, God can give back even more than what the person took. That after Job prayed for his friends, God returned to him twice what was taken. In Joel, God promises that he'll restore all the years that the locusts have eaten. 
what was important for me is to realize that I was actually hurt. Because I could try to deflect it and say, no, 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 I'm over it, I'm over it, I'm over it. But what I found is that in all of my relationships in my life, when things that reminded me of the wound that I had with my dad come up, I would find myself get into a, an emotionally volatile space that I'd be experiencing emotions that didn't meet the current situation. So it was helpful for me to actually let God search me thoroughly and know my heart, to know every anxious thought, to take away the way that I was doing things, to lead me in the everlasting way, to help me take these thoughts captive so I could actually get free. And so in this resentment, the thing that he took that I thought he took from me was my sense of self-worth, the belief that I mattered, that I'm lovable, that I'm worth fighting for, that I'm worth prioritizing, the healthy model that I needed for relationship with other men, the protection, the promotion, and the provision of a father. A lot of big stuff, he wasn't capable of giving that back to me. But what I found when I really gave my heart to Jesus and started to invite him into my life he started to place really amazing father figures that were able to love me in a way that my natural father never was. Make sense? Okay. So when we look at this in recovery, we look at the ways that it affected us, whether it was our self-esteem, our pride, ambitions, security, uh, personal relations, my identity as a man, and we look at the fear behind those things. And sometimes it's a lot to look at, but when I'm able to look at this and bring this to God, I can put my fear up on a pedestal and bow down to my fear, or I can put the person up on a pedestal and bow down to them thinking that they need to change in order for me to be okay. And what I've realized in my life is that when I have fear, it is evidence of me relying on something of this world rather than relying on God. And primarily, it's a fear that I'm not enough and that because I'm not enough, I'll be rejected, abandoned, alone. That the pain will be too much for me and that I'll do something self-destructive and I have fear of doing something self-destructive because I have fear of dying and I have fear of dying because I believe that God's not going to be on the other side to catch me. And when I look at my fear and I really analyze this stuff, I realize that it's just my present day disbelief. But instead of bowing down to the enemy in that and saying that God's not good, making an agreement with the fear that I have, starting to bring these things to God and seeing what he can do. And as I started to bring resentments to God, he started healing those areas. Because with my father, it affected every relationship that I had in my life. It affected my relationships with women. And I chased after women that were narcissistic, that were former alcoholics, that were incapable of giving love as if I'm trying to close a loop in my relationship with my father. When I got healed and set free, I stopped looking for love in all the wrong places. I needed to go through a period of healing, but when I was healed, I met my wife and she is nothing like the women that I used to date. But it took going through this whole process to actually get there. So I wanna offer you some practical solutions tonight. 
And the first thing is, is if there has been something that's been stirring up in you during this message, I want, you to, I want to invite you to bring it to God. And so I wanna lead you through a prayer. But before I do that, Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And what I found in my life is before my life with Christ, I had no ability to let go of these burdens on my own. I kept trying to close the loop on my own strength and I kept missing it. It's like I had knowledge, but I didn't have power. And so if you're finding that in your life, maybe you've believed in Christ as a person or as an idea, but you haven't entered into a relationship with him in a way that you've actually allowed him to set you free, that you feel powerless to break free of some of the things that have been holding you back. If you fall into that, I wanna pray with you first and then we'll pray for the other thing. But I'm gonna count to three and if there's anybody like that in here, I want you to raise up your hands so I can, join, I can pray with you and we're all going to pray together first for your relationship with Christ. Can I get everybody to bow their head and close their eyes? So if you know that you are away from God, maybe you've known about him, but you don't feel really connected to him, I want to invite you to raise your hands so I can pray with you. God bless you up the back. God bless you. 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 God bless you up the back, up there. God bless you. If you've been in church, but still feel like maybe there's more. And as I've been talking tonight, you're like, gosh, I call myself a Christian, but I have a lot of burdens that I've been unable to release. Maybe I need to go deeper with him. I want to invite you to recommit your life right now. Is there anybody like that in here? God bless you, God bless you up the back. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you down the front. God bless you, God bless you up the back up there. God bless you. Now, while every head is bowed and every eye is still clo closed, if you fall into either of those two categories, or maybe you just somehow wandered in off the street and have never known Jesus at all, I wanna invite everybody in this room to pray with me, all right? Repeat after me, Father God, I thank you that you so loved me that you sent Jesus Christ on a rescue mission to save my life. But you didn't stop there. That you're sending your Holy Spirit to live in my heart, to empower me, to overcome every snare of the enemy. And God, I thank you that you're bringing me in to loving community where I can let down my walls, let you in and let others in too. God, I thank you that my best days of my life are ahead, that heaven is my home, that you are my father in Jesus name. Amen. 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 All right.
You know what, if you raised your hand, I wanna invite you to come down to the front and I wanna be able to pray over everybody that has that issue, uh, that needs to get some more freedom tonight. But if you raised your hand just now, I want you to take that next step of courage and just come down to the front so we can pray, uh, so we can pray corporately. I'm just gonna get the, the ushers to come down. And if you just prayed that prayer, whether it's for the first time or hopefully for the last time tonight, I wanna invite you to come Come down to the front. And if tonight you feel like, God, I've been carrying a heavy burden, that my burden is not light and my yoke is not easy, I want you to come down here and join the people that just come down. I wanna invite the ministry team up because we're gonna pray corporately and then they're gonna pray for you individually, all right? <sighs> Father God, I thank you that you are moving in this place right now, that you promise the light burden and the easy yoke. God, I know that there have been things that have been stirred up in here tonight, things from our childhood, things from disappointments in relationships, places that we have placed uh, people above you, that we have placed thoughts above you. And God, right now we repent of those things and we say, Holy Spirit, show us the root. Show us the root, show us where those things came in. Father God, I pray that your power and your love would fall right now in this place, that you would empower your ministers with freedom and deliverance for your people. God, we thank you for what you're doing in Awakened Church. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen. For more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.